Hey, I'm Alex. Hey, I'm Parv. And this is China Product. We are two Silicon Valley product managers, and we know how messy it can be. So we're here to talk about the ups and downs of being a PM. It's not always straightforward, but we're here to figure it out together. On today's episode, we're going to talk about how to pivot industries as a PM. I know that's been something that everyone thinks about. It's been a question that I've been asked a couple of times. You've been a PM, you join as an industry specialist, and then you stay there for a while mostly. But then is it possible to move out into like a different space, into a different field as a PM? Because a lot of the experience and skills you gain sometimes could be very, very specific to that industry. So I know this is a really crucial question that keeps coming up from folks around me. Yeah, no, no, definitely. I think one of my first conversations, I was like a family friend, but he's been in the tech industry. And I was like just working at Expedia at the time. I was in e-commerce. And he said, you've done a year in e-commerce. Product managers typically don't change careers. So whether you chose this or not, this is probably going to be your career for the rest of your life. And I was like in that moment, like on that car ride, when he told me that, I was just like, I've made a huge mistake. That is very scary but, to hear. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> scary, especially like first time in your career. but. Yeah, I think that advice was definitely scary, but I don't think it's necessarily true. I definitely haven't found that to be the case, and it's definitely not a hard and fast rule. It's definitely scary to hear, like, first year, but I haven't found that to necessarily be true at all. I mean, no, what, what's I, your experience there? No, I agree. I think, I mean, I can see why someone would say that. I can see some truth behind it in a way that kind of makes sense, but I don't think it's true at all as a general rule that once you join an industry, you are going to stay in it. In fact, I think there are ways that you can pivot industries, and in fact, I would say you should pivot industries as a really good way to understand where you have more of that passion or where you actually enjoy being a PM. Sometimes you enjoy the skill set and the work as a PM, but you don't enjoy the space or the problem that you're solving there. And the one of the best ways to actually get out of that funk is to change industries. So I think it's possible. I think everyone should try that if they think that they're in a funk. But yeah, I'm sorry. I don't agree there. It's not a rule. And I hope everyone can prove that wrong. Yeah, I wonder if that's also like a more of a new thing. Like everyone now is trying to get outside perspectives. They're trying to get a more diverse kind of group that's working on a single problem. So you have more diverse perspectives. So I wonder now also if it's something that actually companies are trying to get. They're trying to get people who are not subject matter experts, but people who have these other experiences, these other industry knowledge. I think it's probably something that people kind of force into and try to look for more than I think they have in the past as well. Yeah, I mean, I think pivoting industries like there are two aspects there one is you've been a pm at one industry and you want to try and switch into another one and there's this other aspect where there are companies out there that are looking for pms who have knowledge within their industries so it's kind of a marketplace as such right where they would be looking for folks who have some interest or some passion or some knowledge in that space but already have covered like their base PM skills. And then there's the PM who is like, okay, I have PM skills. I've been in this space, but I kind of want to move on to a different industry. So I think like that marketplace is there and that situation is there, which I think is going to make it easier for folks to pivot. That's what I think. Although, I don't know, like as you've been a PM, how much of your PM set of skills and knowledge is industry dependent versus not? Yeah, that's a great question. I think it also depends on where you are, like what stage company. Like I feel like working in like the big tech companies, like subject matter expertise is so helpful. It's such a fundamental part of how I think about the product space. 
Whereas like in a startup, you're just doing so many different things. Essentially, if you're not a subject matter expert, you're going to become a subject matter expert within just like a few months because you're going to have to listen to all the podcasts, do all these courses, learn as quickly as you can to get up to speed on that industry. And in startups, like you're moving so quickly that you're also getting reps in that space. Whereas at a big company, like you just don't learn fast enough to gain the expertise unless you already come with it. Mm, interesting. There is this idea though, right? That your growth or your sort of that skill set is a function of how long you've been in the space. Yeah, I'm definitely against time as a metric because oh, time is not the metric. It's how many times, how many essentially at bats you've had. Like how many times have you launched a product? How many times have you... But it's reps, like, right? As, yeah, it's, as it's, what we talked about, yeah, like the reps, reps put exactly. PM. But don't you think reps could be like a function of time? Like the more time you've spent, there is a higher probability yeah. you put in more so reps. If you're comparing like big companies, you maybe have like four products, five products launching a year at a big company. If you're at a startup, it's like five products every like three months. So essentially, you have four times the velocity in the same amount of time. So and essentially, so you, you're yeah. able to learn four times as much just be, by virtue of the environment you're in. You're not like constantly arguing with people, trying to push your agenda, doing all the politicking that you have to do at a big company. You're essentially just like going to like the team and saying like, this is what we're building. And then just like you start building it and then you launch it. Yeah. And then you see how it does and you iterate. So you're able to do that four times faster in the same amount of time. So like coming back to our original thinking and like question around like pivoting industry. So you're at a startup, you have put in a higher number of reps. So that's built a certain set of domain expertise for you, right? Then if you want to pivot to something else, like how easy is that if you're pivoting into, let's say, a completely different space from like building all that rep, building all that sort of, you know, muscle memory within that one industry? Yeah, I think if you're going to pivot away and go to a big company, big companies are trying to look for that. But I think my experience is that it's definitely easier to get hired in a big company as a subject matter expert. Again, it depends on the company. Some companies are specifically looking for those generalists. What's been your experience? I mean, to me, it's again like, you know, there is the aspect of my PM skills, which are those generalist skills. And then there is that space or that domain or that industry where I am a PM. For a long time, I was in e-commerce, you know, focused a lot on that domain, trying to figure out understanding funnel optimization, trying to figure out like buy flows or selling thing like that marketplace and e-commerce as a whole. But then now a lot of my focus is completely different. It's healthcare. And I think like it comes down to the fundamental aspect of your PM skills. And I know we talked about this a while back as well, that it's you have that general PM skills, problem framing, metric, understanding, design, research, your general PM skills. And then you have that industry knowledge. And I think for me, I realized my strength when going into a new industry is going to be my PM skills. Like that's what I can bring to the table if I go to a completely different space. But what complements me joining another industry is, I believe is going to be my passion or my interest in that specific industry. And I think that coupled with my general skills is what makes it slightly easier, or I would say gives me the opportunity to pivot industries. Yeah, I guess like how long do you think it takes to like ramp up on that? Starting in a whole new industry and then ramping up and feeling like you're a competent, like you know enough to actually like move metrics and to actually uh, be effective. That's a good question. And I think there is fortunately part of being a PM is also dealing with ambiguity and being in that mind space of like, okay, I might not know the problem necessarily, but I still have to try and understand it, go and solve it. So I think there's always that aspect where you are new to the industry, new to the space, but you rely on your 
PM skills of like, okay, asking the questions again and again, you know, probing further down and sort of uncovering a problem. And those are general PM skill sets, right? That's not really space specific. So that helps to a certain extent. And it can get you quite far in trying to deal with some of the projects and some of the launches that you're trying to do. But I do think after some time, a lot of the higher strategy, if you start to get involved in, does benefit from you having to have that industry knowledge. And I think depending on the space, depending on the industry, depending on how much prior knowledge you have, that time span, I think can be variable. I don't like you've been in e-commerce for a while. Like, do you feel like you have everything understood in that entire e-commerce space or do you think still think you're learning? Yeah, definitely learning. I think, but I think every space is also like, especially nowadays, I feel like there's so many people working on so many different areas of every space that the best practices are constantly shifting. Same in health, same in e-commerce, like the way that you sell products, the way that you launch products, everything is moving so quickly these days that you're never quite, you never feel like you've learned everything. And that might be just like how big all these markets have become and like how varied they are. But yeah, you're constantly learning every day, like podcasts and these new techniques and the algorithm is changing, especially for e-commerce and like Facebook, Instagram, Google, like all these different algorithms are changing. You're constantly trying to adapt to those. So it kind of keeps things new and fresh in that sense. But I'm sure every industry has the same kind of rapid pace. Yeah. Imagine being a PM in a finance company right now with the boom of crypto and Web3 and entire like change to the financial sector even like equities market like all the sec updates like SPACs are changing yeah like everything is constantly changing all the regulations trying to adapt to like robin hood and all these just existing finance exactly apps that yeah. come in so every industry right now is just constantly getting kind of disrupted if you want to use that overused word yeah and yeah it's just constantly shifting so you're always trying to stay on your feet and learn more i mean thinking about that it feels like you're actually always pivoting even within the same role within the same industry or pivoting like spaces right like someone going in who's had this institutional knowledge of how the financial system works and how regular markets work and then you say like okay crypto is the new thing we need to figure out how to manage like crypto portfolios or we figure out how to make cryptocurrency work within our product i feel like being in the same role that's like a huge pivot if you can do that, I mean, what's stopping anyone from actually jumping out and being in e-commerce and going on and saying, you know what, tomorrow I'm going to do finance. I guess to like give an e-commerce example, like best practice in e-commerce is like launch some Facebook ads and sell your product. Facebook ads are not profitable anymore. So all of that knowledge, like for the old institutional folks, you can't run Facebook ads and be profitable anymore unless you're super good at it or you have a lot of money to burn to train the algorithm. So now you got to figure out other ways. Each industry is getting just like constantly disrupted because I feel like everything's moving so much faster than it ever has before. Mm, that's true. That's true. It is funny, right? Even if you think about like that e-commerce example, it's not even just the space, like how the industry is changing, but even things within that industry, within e-commerce, within as you pick up new design elements, as you pick up new research, as you learn more about usage, like fundamental knowledge that you've had about how something works yeah. can be disrupted or can be changed. You have this behavioral theory of, the longer you have, let's say, onboarding, for example, the more you've invested. And then towards the end, it's just like the effect of not having to lose out on all the progress you've made. And you just want to get into the app and you're more likely to sort of onboard and convert because you've spent so much time. So it's like that sunk cost effect. But then there's the other flip side of that, which is get them through onboarding quickly, put them into the app because they shouldn't drop at onboarding, get them quickly in and give them the value of the product in the product itself. So, I mean, even those smaller, like minor changes in the product landscape is also kind of like new learning and new pivots within how you are working within that same industry. Yeah. yeah and most of these changes are 
forced by startups. Like to my point earlier, like startups move faster. So like the big companies are trying to catch up with startups, trying to acquire the startups in order to gain some of that speed that they've already gotten. And it's the same thing, like all of these things that we're talking about, all of them were pioneered by startups, like freemium versus subscriptions. That was, I think Spotify was maybe like one of the first companies to do that streamline onboarding process. Maybe it was like Airbnb, like each of those like startups in the early days were pioneering some type of innovation that essentially the industry then adopted. That's happening at, at startups because it's, they're the ones moving at light speed. Interesting. But I mean, coming back again to like pivoting, do you know of any ways that you would recommend for a PM to think about pivoting or how they should go about like if they want to pivot industries? I mean, it might be different to like how long you've been a PM in a specific space, right? Someone who is very new to one industry, maybe pivoting to a new one could be easier versus someone who's been in a space for like years and years and then is trying to change. But what do you think would be some recommendations for trying to pivot industries? Yeah, I definitely think it's like a tough, there's like no one answer. There's <laughs> yeah, a thousand ways true. to do it. So like, is it easier to pivot as like a PM with like one year of experience in like a single industry? Probably not. They probably want you to have like two years at least at the initial company. So in that case, maybe it's hard, but it depends. Like if you're in a big company, it's going to be harder to pivot, I think, because you're you're not able to like kind of go to new projects as easily. But if you're at a small company, you can just do a new project. You're going to be like, instead of focusing on e-commerce, what if we made some type of crypto mining as part of our hardware product? Okay, if you're the one who like pioneers that, researches that, then you can essentially make that as part of the startup. And then you're essentially a crypto PM. So in startups, as long as you have the flexibility to kind of like take on some of these bigger ambitious projects in new domains, most times, like especially in smaller startups, no one's going to stop you. You can just do it. As long as the team is bought in, like you can just kind of launch this stuff. Especially like new things, I think it's easier to sell like to engineers and to designers. Mm -hmm. So essentially you can go and learn and take on whatever new project you want as a PM inside a startup. And you have a lot more flexibility. And big companies, like you essentially have to go try to convince another PM manager to like hire you into a whole new field and take a chance on you. So I think maybe that's a little bit harder. I've never actually tried to do that. I normally just shift to different companies. I found that's easier, but I think there's a thousand different ways. I mean, what, what do you think? I don't know, like even within shifting industries from one company to the other, it comes down to like one of the things that we spoke about earlier, which is as you apply, of course, you're looking at your reps as a PM. I mean, that's something that helps just in general applying to any other company if you're trying to move out of your company. And then I think it's just genuinely having some knowledge or some interest that you can highlight in your interviews to your hiring manager, to the panel, like that speaks to that domain or speaks to that new space, right? Because you can't just move out of e-commerce, move into, go to an interview about finance and say like, no, I actually have no clue what this is. I don't know anything about the market, but I'm a good PM. I mean, I can see that also working because if you are a great PM, then you do know how to be in a situation where you don't know a lot about the industry. But then you have to be really, really good as a PM and really have those great skill sets. That confidence, say, I don't know what this shit is, but yeah. I'm going to get it done. Yeah, you have to be able to sell yourself. Yeah. I had like one interview. I like waited all the way up to like the VP, like uh -huh, uh -huh. director of product. And then it was like some health company. I don't know anything about health, like whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> He's asking me like some diabetes number. Uh -huh. He's like, yeah, so like we're really focused on this like main metric and trying to like make sure people understand what the diabetes, I think it's like A1C or yeah, yeah, yeah. something like that. Yep. And I asked like, what is A1C? Uh, <laughs> and I could just see his face just like, ah. Uh, so yeah, you got to sell yourself and probably know like some type of baseline knowledge. So I, yeah, that's true. 
but again, like it's all about selling yourself, trying to tell that story of like why you're passionate. I think to your point, I think it's spot on. Like if you can tell the right story and you can convince somebody that they can take a chance on you and it's going to reward them, it's going to be a net benefit, then that's probably the easiest way as long as you can tell a compelling story. And I think that's where like that passion and that excitement or that some knowledge outside of your work for that industry, the new industry you want to move into comes really into play, right? Because in that same finance example, if I have been focusing on finance in my spare time and it's something that I've actually built a lot of good knowledge in, then when I go to an interview and I'm like, hey, I am a PM, but you want to talk to me about finance? Like, let's go. I have all that knowledge. Let's talk about it. Then you're just like, it's way easier to take that experience, package it with your knowledge of the new industry and then present yourself as a candidate to shift and pivot into something different. And I think one of the ways is, as we talked about, if there is something you're passionate about outside of your current space, keep learning, keep picking that up, podcasts, books, videos, courses, just picking up a lot of that information on the side, building that repository of knowledge, and then coupling that with your PM. But then there's also another aspect there that you could do, and I know you love to do this, is just like side projects, like side building things in the space that you're passionate about using some of your PM skills to actually then use that as a stepping stone to say, I have some knowledge of working in that space, right? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, obviously, I'm a big proponent yeah, I know, of, I of side projects, but I think for e-commerce, that's how I got into it. I took some of like, my courses, spent too much money on Facebook ads and Pinterest ads and like trying to sell my product and like made a Shopify store and all that stuff. But then you have something to talk about in that discussion. So I, yeah, that's, I would say like learning, pick up books, podcasts, interviews, anything, just like learn about the space you're interested in and highlight that to the next company you want to join. And then the second is like, if you have the opportunity and the time, build something, like try and work on stuff on the side that shows your expertise or your domain knowledge in that space. And of course, like the caveat here is that you are also a good PM and you're yeah, also, of yeah. course, like building your PM skills. Yep. You just can't walk into a PM interview with like no PM skills and just like, but I know a lot about this space. I mean, I think it's possible. And the more we talk about it, the more I see it happening around me. I feel like that rule that we talked about in the beginning about it being what you're stuck with. I, is... really, I think that the industry has changed a lot. I think that people are actively seeking folks outside of their domain, essentially to get this new fresh perspective. I do think in the past, like stuff was just not changing, right? So if you had 10 years of equities and financial institutional knowledge, that was kind of like a non-fungible set of information, it wasn't really changing. The laws were pretty static. Everything was kind of set. And then now everything just changes so rapidly. Now, like, okay, great. You have like 10 years of knowledge, but all of that went out the window in the last three years. So we don't really care. The new industry, what's the latest, greatest thing? Because everything's changing so quickly. As long as you can keep learning, it's probably more important than anything else. And as long as you're a good PM. Yeah. And I think that's a key thing there is like, right, access to information. Like now you've built that 10 years of knowledge but someone else can pick up that 10 years plus the next new stuff that's come out just because it's now available on YouTube as a video course and for podcasts. anyone to learn and podcasts. I think uh, yeah. for e-commerce, I mostly learned it from podcasts. There's like three podcasts I listened to on my commute and that's how I onboarded. It's just, you know, you no longer have to like go to school, pick up subjects and like actually build institutional knowledge. You can just go out there and learn that somehow and find ways to like become a thought leader in some of those things, try it out and, you know, gain yeah, that knowledge. I think how available knowledge is is so fundamental to learning now. Like crypto is kind of a good example. Of, it's like a new thing comes on the scene and there's no access to it. It's just if you're not in those Discord groups, you're not able to see what the latest and greatest thing is. So say like crypto is essentially where the web was in the 90s. 
nobody knew how to make websites because it was like locked behind like all these different yeah. groups and like these kind of people who were just really spending a lot of time to figure it out themselves. And then it kind of unfurls over time. And then now everything is so accessible. But these new industries are still less accessible. But because so many things are mature, now people are building audiences off of e-commerce. They're building audiences off of like financial knowledge and like crypto and like all these things. And they're trying to essentially like make all of this knowledge that used to be locked behind institutions freely available because they want to build the audience because then they can monetize the audience. Yeah, that's very true. Talking about it, I just think it's definitely possible. Yeah, the advice I got, I think, was maybe relevant years ago, but I think now it's just not the case. Yeah. To your point, like the availability of knowledge, the ability to onboard rapidly. And I think also like there used to be books, right? Books are a relatively slow way to learn and they're always like one or two years outdated, which used to be okay. But now like if you read a book about something that's like financial stuff, it's going to be outdated by the time it comes to print. And so, but podcasts, like essentially because it's shortcut, Twitter is a good example, because there's such a slow barrier to disseminating that knowledge, you have like up to the minute, up to the day level of quality of knowledge that the people who are only learned from reading books are just not going to have. Yeah. Again, like if anyone's listening, if you want to pivot, you can. Do not listen to Alex's advice. Friend friend advice. Uh, You can pivot. And I think, in fact, as you said earlier, figure out what makes you excited as a PM, what space you want to like delve into and pivot as much as you can. In fact. Yeah, learn as much as you can. I mean, I started my career in neuroscience. Then I had an energy company. And then now I'm in e-commerce. So yeah, this is like a breadth of knowledge that you can learn from all these. And it's a lot more exciting when you're able to change and move around. Awesome. Well, I'll see you on the next one, Alex. Sounds good.